Hi, my name is Aaron. And I'm Micah, and you are listening to the WP Square One podcast. With us today is Eric DeBlack. He is the co-founder and senior dev at 11 Online and the co-founder of a cool plugin called Block Party. Or, well, is it a plugin now or uh, is it more yeah, than that? So It's a plugin. Okay. And when you say when you say Block Party, that has nothing to do with the band, right? No. Okay. All right. I just figured there's a K in, in your spelling. So anyway, tell us a little about yourself and um, what your, what you do. My company, 11 Online, was founded by myself and another person about four and a half years ago. And uh, we've done a lot of different types of work. Um, Albuquerque is not a big market. So when we first got started out, we kind of took whatever we could get. So and that included a lot of WordPress, but it also included web apps and um, a various backends like Node and PHP and some Meteor work and um, Python work. Um, and uh, as we started growing, uh, there was another company who was our closest competitors really locally. And um, we they got a lead on a contract that we that we could do the work for, but they had the lead. And so they asked if we could do it together. And we did that for a while. Um, it's still one of our biggest clients, but um, we didn't want to subcontract with them. They didn't want to subcontract with us. So we decided to form a third company to do this one contract. And then after a while, we said, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Running three companies. So uh, we merged. And um, so we do. We still do a lot of different types of work. We still do WordPress. We do web apps. We do React Native. And now we're doing some marketing work. And um yeah, we're about ten people. or ten people. I'm just kind of rambling. I don't know what kind of what details you want. <laughs> Rambling's fine for me. Uh, so I tend I tend to do that on a regular basis. I don't know, Micah. You got any uh, direct questions, or do you want to tell us? Uh, actually, since already, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I hear that most web development companies only go up to ten but yours goes up to 11. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. Well, have you guys seen This is Spinal Tap? I have now. <laughs> I, I sent him the video right before. <laughs> I know all about it now. So I'm an expert. So we need to make sure we put the link to the YouTube video that you sent on the, uh, on the podcast here. But uh, go ahead. Tell, tell us about 11. So, well, actually, well, the two, my other co-founder and then the two guys that ran the other company that we merged with were all musicians. We, we were really struggling with the name and then we decided just uh, someone threw that idea out and we we were like, okay, that's what we're going to do. It's So if you don't know the movie, there's a scene where the guitarist is being interviewed and he's saying that, uh, you know, bands have this problem where they have their guitar up to 10, they've got their amp up to 10 and where do you go from 10 and so they made special amps that go to 11 <laughs> and then the joke is the interviewer said well why don't you just make 10 louder 
And the guitarist is baffled and says, well, these go to 11. It's <laughs> great. So you guys are 11. My, my agency is an eight. There's a 10 up out there somewhere. And so we need to find a nine. Um, so if there's a, there's an agency out there with a number nine, number nine, number nine in there, um, reach out to us. We'd like to interview you. So <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to put that link on there. But tell us about what year you started, how you started and and stuff like that. I'm just so you know, I'm also an agency owner. So we probably have, um, we can probably explain our our woes um, and our, yeah. our complaints together. But let's not record those. Those will be off the record. <laughs> so. So, well, we, so we started four and a half years ago. Um, I had started... I got into WordPress. Well, I got into web dev just really randomly. Um, my dad is a serial entrepreneur and he had a web developer that just disappeared on him. And I was in college and of course was happy to earn some extra money. So he said, okay, can you, do you think you can figure this thing out? Um, so I kind of got started with the, figuring out what needed to be finished with his website, making changes. Um, that was using, oh, I'm not even going to remember what CMS that was. Um, but then we switched over and did a static website and um, just using Dreamweaver. And then in 2003, 2004, I installed WordPress to use as a blog for my dad's site. And then... Um, in 2006, about, we moved the whole site over to WordPress. And I had done kind of over the years various sites for him, various sites for other people. And so in um, about five years ago, I was looking to change careers. And I had this experience with doing sites for people, but I didn't ha I had a lot of gaps in my knowledge. And um, Albuquerque at that time had just opened up a programming boot camp. And so it was, uh, right now it's part of the Central New Mexico Community College. Um, but at the time I went, it was just in a storefront next to a dry cleaners run by two guys. And um, I decided to give it a shot because I kind of had, you know, a little bit of experience in this. And uh, that's where I met my first business partner and he came from it. He came to the business or came to programming through ethical hacking. Um, he had done some, some computer science stuff in college, but it was actually a finance guy and, but got really interested in ethical hacking. And so we met at the, we met at the boot camp, and then we started the business um, because at that time there weren't really any jobs locally and neither one of us wanted to move and so we kind of said well let's see what we can do let's see what we can see what kind of work we can get and um since i had experience with wordpress that was a really you know easy way that we could kind of get started launching sites and um we kind of expanded from there. I wrote a article once, something like a accidental entrepreneur, because it was um, <laughs> it's kind of like I knew I didn't want to work for somebody anymore, uh, but I didn't really have a plan, um, and so we just kind of I kind of 
morphed and eventually started a company with another guy. So I can, I can relate. So, um, you guys have been doing WordPress. Um, you said that's not your primary, but, uh, I I guess what percentage uh, of your business is WordPress related? Uh, it's probably about a third, I would okay. say, a third revenue-wise. Nice. What type of stuff do you guys do when it comes to WordPress? I mean, do you guys do theme development, plugin developments, all of the above? Yeah, we, we've we tried to differentiate ourselves from like regional competitors by doing custom work. So often we get started with like marketing uh, agencies who maybe have an in-house dev, but they can't build some custom plugin that they need. And that might be a foot in the door. And then we do maybe something more sophisticated for them later on, or we do like a web app for some of their clients and we get hired directly. Um, like we're doing a project with, we do, we've done several projects with universities, some um, government work. That's just like people want to make sure they're, they have a WordPress site that is custom built for their needs that by people who know how to build stuff um, and not just use off the shelf plugins. Fair enough. How does block party fit in to, to all of that? Well, we, we try to build in risks to our company. Every year we try to do at least like a couple things and that are not paid. We're just maybe trying out something like a product or, trying to learn something new maybe and are just willing to do kind of a fun project for ourselves. And uh, Black Party grew out of uh, WordCamp Albuquerque uh, 2018, I guess it was January. And um, so we had some people come that were involved in Gutenberg. You know, I was kind of following it, but not looking at it too closely. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sam Hotchkiss. Um, he used to run the Jetpack team, and he was he started Brute Protect before it was bought by Automatic. But he used to live here, and he's a local guy. And he had this idea, like, I wonder if someone could use Gutenberg to build data visualizations. Um, and so we're talking with some of the people that were involved in Gutenberg, I kind of got more interested in it. And then Black Party really grew out of this idea that uh, I wonder if I can build data visualizations with Gutenberg and what would that look like? The product has changed several times. Like once we kind of got the hang of it, we put together some plugins thinking that Gutenberg would come out in the spring. Obviously that didn't happen. (laughs) It's not winter yet. (laughs) So, So, but... (laughs) (laughs) so it's almost the end of the year right in the spring we were thinking well maybe we can be first to market with some other blocks and uh we had thought about like launching a suite of blocks since then a lot of other people especially theme companies have come out with blocks so we're kind of going refocusing on the data visualization stuff and try to differentiate ourselves and build data visualization blocks for WordPress. And um, we have a handful of them right now. And we're, we have a bunch that are in development kind of as we have time and we're adding new features. Like I just added a feature for um, syncing with a Google spreadsheet, for instance. So like you could 
have a Google form that populates a spreadsheet that that can then your site would pull that data visualization, you know, in real time onto your site. So there's a lot of cool things I think that are possible um, with that kind of stuff. And so it grew out of first like a challenge, what's possible? Is this something that is feasible to do with Gutenberg? And then um, we decided to try our first WordPress product with kind of that time that we anyway set aside to do some, take some risks as a company. Fair enough. So that's kind of like a extra uh, when you guys have time type type concept. Yeah. Okay. I hope it turns into something more, but you, you never know. Yeah, we try to spin off some some different things here and there. Uh, we have yet to successfully come up with like a a product that we can we can package and sell. So, um, but we're we're working on it. When Gutenberg comes out, how's that going to affect you guys? I would assume, and I'm just kind of guessing it'd be a good thing uh, for you guys. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for it since early spring, so you know, we feel we feel ready for Gutenberg. I'm I I think Gutenberg offers um, an opportunity, I think, for companies our size, which is um, we haven't seen a disruption in the WordPress market like this for, I don't know how long, eight years, maybe? I'm trying to think what would be something that's really similar. I don't think there is anything. Well, there's custom post types was a disruption. Yeah, but that was kind of easy to architect from what they already had. So I would say uh, this is probably bigger. Yeah, so this, this might be the biggest disruption since the beginning, right? So what does that mean for companies like my size, 10 people? Um, it's really hard to like enter market with a e-commerce plugin, right? It's infeasible or a form plugin or an SEO plugin um, because there's already these big players that make it very difficult, right? They have how many thousands of hours development on their product, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of sites use it so that they already know the compatibility issues. They have this whole infrastructure and history that give them an advantage that would be really hard to overcome as a small team. But this disruption for um, Gutenberg means that any, you know, all of a sudden that advantage, at least in that space is mitigated, right? Like there's still like name recognition and things like that, but it, it gives you an opportunity to jump in uh, and be known for something and uh, get some traction. And so I think that um, Gutenberg really provides an opportunity for, you know, companies my size to make a bigger impact. Um, you know, disruptions are always a time where you can take advantage of shifting things in the market. So um, I look forward to it. You know, I, there's definitely going to be pains and growing pains as people shift uh, to using Gutenberg. And there's a lot of problems like that. But um, from my standpoint, since I've been doing WordPress, this is the best opportunity that we've had to do something, you know, to kind of get into this this market. 
And I think it's cool that you've actually had uh, plenty of time to work on it too, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> much more than we thought we were going to have for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I remember uh, you showing me uh, a while back your block party plugin. And uh, so I haven't checked it out lately, but yeah, it sounds like I, I know you had a, a large number of different types of blocks. So it sounds like you've definitely honed in on the database yeah. visualization as well as integrations, which is pretty cool. Sounds, yeah. sounds interesting. I, and again, I think too, like I always look for, I always look for ways to be different. Um, and it became really apparent that the theme companies were all going to come out with, you know, little like UI blocks, right? And can we can really compete with them, like with their market share and things like that? But are they going to build data visualization blocks? You know, obviously the market's smaller for that, but I am personally not a sports guy at all. Um, I mean, I love playing sports, but I don't watch sports. But two of my business partners are just sports nuts. And, um, you know, they are always on sites with graphs and charts. And, you know, there's there's certain, there is a market for that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, will it be big enough for us? I think there's a lot of unknowns for us, but we did feel like this would be one area that we could differentiate ourselves um, to be honest, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the tools for working with bars and graphs and charts and things sometimes are even complicated as they exist in, in various places already. So I think um, the easier you can make it and the more accessible, yeah, I think that would probably go over really, really well. I'm just trying to think of, you know, like, taking a spreadsheet and actually generating even in Microsoft Excel, a bar chart from data, you know, mm -hmm. there's a few steps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. being able to make it as simple as possible seems like a very good idea. So just for clarification, if you have some kind of data and you wanted to display it, what, what are the steps of that? Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you, our blocks work right now. If you have data that you're just going to enter, you would put in key value kind of data in a table in the Gutenberg editor. And then you can do things like if it's a pie chart, choose the color of the um, slice of pie. You can do an offset, um, things like that on a per um, like piece of data like scope. And then... Um, Globally, you can do things like control where the labels are, rotate the pie chart, do a donut hole. Um, you know, each kind of data visualization has different options. Um, so like a scatter chart has options like, do you plot a line in the scatter chart? Does the line, is it straight? Does it have an angle? How much of an angle does it have? And all sorts of things like that. So. Um, by default, if you just put in some data, it will work and look fine. But then you have the opportunity to go in and really um, customize the the look of what how you want the data to appear. Um, and with like a Google spreadsheet, it's it's similar. You just are pulling in that data, and then you again have the opportunity to 
set the colors, set, you know, whatever is associated with that type of data visualization. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I, I was trying to wrap my head around uh, what Block Party is, um, and that that makes that makes perfect sense to me. So I'm assuming you have some type of a free version, and you're going to have a paid version, or um, right now we just have a paid version, and we're we're getting ready to launch some free versions. Um, it's just kind of been. I guess uh, we've been waiting for Gutenberg to come out to do some of this. I think that's going to be the kick in the pants we need to kind of tie all that stuff up and make decisions. But um, it's it's hard right now to have a Gutenberg product because there's, I'm sure you're aware, and Micah, I know you speak about Gutenberg as I have. There's a lot of controversy around it. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and I think most people aren't ready, aren't certainly aren't ready to be building new sites. And I mean, I shouldn't say that no one's not ready because I mean we've we've already done some Gutenberg sites and we're ready. But um, the majority of people are, I think, are going to punt on Gutenberg as long as they can. Yeah, I mean that's the safer uh, route. And you know, speaking of um, controversy, I didn't realize that it was. I mean, there are some people that are very much so against it. Um, and I just, I, I welcome it, but that's just because I feel like, um, how do I say it? I just feel like that the editor seems very stale, very old. Um, so to me, I, I welcome it. Um, the controversy, controversial people. Um, you know, I don't really know what um, what the issue is. I know some people don't like the fact that uh, you know the library that it's based on and stuff like that. But to me, I I welcome it. Yeah, I think there's a disconnect, and I don't know if I'm going to get hate mail for this, but um, that's all right. No one I, listens to this podcast, so we're good, <laughs> man. It's <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll just yeah, just say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a disconnect in the WordPress space, or there can be a disconnect between what who is the end user of this of the software. Like, am I the end user or are my clients the end user? And um, I think a lot of the controversy is kind of focused around how does this affect me as a developer? And not at all take into consideration what is the current experience of the end user, um, the client, right? If, you know, I, as a agency owner, right, that's what I do. I build sites for clients. So you take the experience of someone who's never used WordPress and you do something like a custom post type with 30, you know, 30 extra fields, right? For in custom meta, right? How, and then like that in no way connects to for them, it's just like a text box or a dropdown or something, right? It's It doesn't connect with what they're going to see um, in their mind for the front end. So, you know, that's a bad, it's a bad experience. Like we wouldn't, uh, we, we don't expect that of the software we use, um, you know, with some exceptions, like maybe markdown code editors and stuff like that. But even then, what do we want to do? We want right away. We want to see uh, feedback and see what we're doing. Is it is it working? 
And so I think there's a big disconnect with the a lot of the experiences that we have with building sites and what the customer wants. And and I think that, you know, there's been definitely innovation in this area. Um, and you have like site builders, which um, I think can improve things for some end users. Um, but you have then other problems. You have how portable is this? If I want to change my theme or if I want to move to a different site builder, is that even possible? Um, you know, are you using short codes for presentation? And then are, do clients understand short codes? I think that's maybe even a worse experience than uh, meta boxes. Um, so I, I feel, I personally feel like there's a, there is a lot of the controversy is kind of focused on like, what does this mean for me? Uh, as opposed to what does this mean for the people who are using the software? Um, I think with one caveat, which is, I think there is a very real and pressing concern with um, accessibility uh, because that does affect the people who ultimately use the software, right? Um, so I think that's a valid criticism. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about <laughs> that, but that's kind of my dig. So what is your uh, what is your stance on uh, or or well, I mean you've kind of said what your stance is on the accessibility, but you know, in your opinion, like how bad is it? The accessibility <laughs> or or Gutenberg? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried it in a while. I um. One of my coworkers and I actually, we did, I don't know, I should have stayed more on top of this. We did do a PR in January. We had a contributor day for WordPress Albuquerque. And so we went through and like, we're saying, well, what can we do? You know, can we make a contribution? So we put in a PR to make what the gallery was at that time, keyboard accessible. Um, And it was, so I tested it then for keyboard accessibility and it was, not accessible. Um, we put in a PR and there was like discussion around, well, should this also include drag and drop? And it's like, well, we kind of were focusing on keyboard accessibility, not drag and drop. And then it ended up not getting merged in because they, whoever was reviewing it wanted drag and drop. And um, But I, since then, we I haven't really tested it for accessibility. I do know that there are some things that I've run into that point to maybe some better accessibility. I know that there's certain keystrokes that are kind of intercepted at a higher level than like, I think is tab tab is uh, one of those where it's a hassle to use. I I forget now some of the details because it's been on blocks. We kind of abandoned, but um, there's some keyboard actions that at some point in one of the components is, it's using tab to either like make a new block or to take you out of your block editing experience and go to maybe the add a new block button or something like that. So I think there has been some improvement, but I haven't really done a thorough assessment since January. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that was kind of, I think a lot of the accessibility folks were frustrated because they would open tickets and developers weren't tackling them. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that's kind of where, kind of like you said, you know, you, you ask for keyboard accessibility and you end up, somebody wants drag and drop. (laughs) 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 
So I'm sure that's uh, probably been a, a repeating yeah. theme that's annoyed, annoyed some and, folks. And but. look, I, I mean, I'm sympathetic to the developers. Um, we have one of our web apps is it's a substance, substance abuse intervention that's used by universities and healthcare providers. And universities have very strict guidelines on accessibility because they take federal money. And when we got our first university client or our client got their first university client, um, we had to do a full accessibility testing suite and we had to make sure that we were um, AA, whatever the acronym is for that. Um, and it's really hard with a with an application. This was the application that we had was also React and it's really hard to do some of those accessibility items because you have, it's not like just the page renders and the screen reader needs to be able to read it and you need to get to the next links with tab and, you know, you have things popping up and, you know, as things appear on the page, is the screen reader properly reading it? You know, there's all these different, it's kind of a different, um, you need to have a different mindset when you're building an accessible application that has that kind of interactivity. So I know it's it's not an easy problem. Yeah. Until I was exposed to accessibility, yeah, if somebody told me I needed to make something accessible, I would have definitely not known how to do that. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not until you actually play around with it, I think, and try to do things without using your mouse and try to do things without, you know, uh, looking at your screen, even maybe <laughs> that gets it's a whole different thing. It is. I have a lot of sympathy, especially for people who use screen readers. It's um, if you've never tried to use a screen reader, I recommend it because, like, the amount of information that just comes at you and how fast it's read. Yeah, and it's like how. You know, you it must take a long time, but I guess we do the same thing with reading, right? We can, we scam, we look for keywords. I'm sure that it, your brain kind of gets retrained to do that just with audio. But man, is that you must need some train? I mean, you it must take a long time to get used to that. I would think. Well, if you listen to enough old movies where they talk really fast, then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I'm I'm 41. I'm still not used to it. So, but um, may, maybe I'm like on the, the down downside of this where I'm just going to get slower and slower and can't handle as much, but we'll, we'll see. Could, could get better, could get worse. I don't know. But um, anyway, well, um, Micah, you want to, you want to hit them up with a important question? Oh yeah. The most important question of the podcast. And um, of the day and maybe of the week, but it's early. Be. It's early uh, this week. Yeah, yet to be determined, I suppose, on that. So, um, yeah. So, question. <laughs> so, if you were to start back at square one, <laughs> what would you do differently? So, in other words, uh, you know, obviously, you said you kind of happened into business partners, happened into a number of things, but uh, but if you could go back and be a lot more intentional, what would you have done differently? I think I would have hired sooner. We waited a long time uh, to bring on team members and it kind of got to the point where it was really hard to bring. I mean, it definitely it got to the point where it was very hard to bring on people because we were really busy. Um, I mentioned before, 
that we took on whatever work we could when we first got started. So by the time when we made our first hire, we were doing WordPress, uh, Python, React, Meteor, Node, uh, and probably a handful of other things. And so like, how do you hire for that? I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. But then also we were so overwhelmed with how much work we had that we it was really hard to like bring someone on just in terms of time. Like, how do you train somebody? How do you get them used to like your practices? And so I, I think I would, uh, I think that's the mistake. One of the bigger mistakes we made is we waited too long and I would have rather taken a risk and maybe paid myself less or whatever and um, brought on someone when we weren't, overly busy and doing too many different types of things. We've since cut back and streamlined and have don't do so many different types of projects anymore, but um, you still need a lot of time just to bring someone on. And, um, and at least that's our experience. It's hard to find someone that's just like, okay, day one, you're ready to go and we don't need to tell you anything or show you anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good information, and I would, I, I agree. I think uh, we could probably get a grown um, a little quicker if we had hired uh, sooner. But it is, it's difficult. You know, you want to play it safe. You know, not go into debt. So, um, makes sense. It's a, it's like, it's a scary step. I mean, it's still like scary to think that all these people depend on me. I mean, not just me, but me and the other partners, right? The you know, they have mortgages and families and, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Food is good. Yeah. I, yeah, I get it. So, well, how can we, uh, get in touch, uh, with you if we needed to like Twitter and yeah, websites so and stuff Twitter, like list those I'm for Eric us. Deblack. Um, I'm Eric Deblack probably everywhere. Um, being one of the few Eric Deblacks in the world. I would think and so. And then our site is 11online.us, <laughs> and I'm Eric at 11online.us. So. And you can go to wpblock.party. Thank you, Mike. There we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad at self-promotion, so I'm glad you're around to help me out on that. I suck at it too, but I can help you promote <laughs> yourself. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm happy to be a part of this.